Good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Glad you decided to join us for worship. Uh, my name is Cody Flannery, and I'm one of the associate pastors here at OCC. Uh, you may know that this is not my, my typical gig. Uh, I typically lead worship here at OCC, but uh, I'm honored, honored at the opportunity to share with you all this morning and, and launch into this new message series. Uh, this me- message series is called Hijacked. We're going to be looking at um, some areas that the Bible really clearly speaks to about how to be teachable, uh, some of the clear channels in which God uses to teach us, and then what we'll do is kind of set the stage for the next four weeks uh, of series of messages as we unpack these villains. And so there are some real villains, and as John mentioned earlier, these are the, the attitudes and the perspectives that we, we find in our culture that really want to block us from grasping what God has to say about how life works, how relationships work, how we move forward with him. And so, again, really excited that you guys are here. Um, You've come at a really exciting time for our church as well. Um, There's a lot of people who um, have come to OCC in in a desire to train here with us. And so we have men who have come and have decided to plug into our training pipeline in their 20s and 30s and get the training they need to be prepared for the things that God is calling them to. We have men who are interested in in church planting. We have men who are interested in going out to the mission field full-time. Men who want to be on, you know, full-time staff roles and really help develop and grow ministries. And so... It's, it's, it's great that we have these men who are willing to, to come and then get under the leadership here at OCC and really train with us. Um, one other really exciting part of that aspect of our church, and especially in this season, is our senior pastor, as you can tell, he's, he's not here. He gets to enjoy some real refreshment. And we have the opportunity to let him get some time, some extended time with his family. And then for the next few weeks, he'll just be able to set his sights on kind of the big rocks, the the big picture of our church and the organization. Uh, As we move into the fall, our church begins to ramp up. Things get more busy. We're putting on events to really get more people in the door. We want to meet people who have moved into the community during the summer. And so Josh is going to have some time, some real focused time over the next few weeks to, to really aim at what we need to do as a church for the fall. And so as we have the opportunity to, to have these men speak, we have the opportunity to allow our, our pastor to get some real refreshment and some perspective during this time. Um, so again, it's, it's, a good, it's a good day to be here. And I want to pray before we launch in uh, to this series. Would you pray with me? Father, we, we again uh, just we stand in awe of you. We thank you, God, for the way that you, you work in our lives. And, uh, Lord, this area of teachability is, is crucial in life. Um, I pray that as we open up your word, God, that you'd challenge us in this area. As we identify these villains, these attitudes and perspectives that we find in our culture, would you help us to identify anything that's begun to take root in our own lives, in our own hearts? And would you help us to aggressively move forward with you, Lord? We know that you have wired life in a way that, that teachability is a key character quality that we want to gain. So I pray, God, that you would really speak through me this morning. I want to set any of my, my own perspectives and my own opinions aside and really let your words speak. I pray that you would encourage and challenge us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So part of this whole idea of, of teachability is um, the idea that we're looking at of the shortcut. And if you're like me, you enjoy a good shortcut. 
Anytime I have the opportunity to bypass something that might be hard to actually go through, that actually might you know, be difficult to walk through, I'm really quick to just jump into whatever shortcut is presented. Shortcuts are great. Check out this image. Speaking of not shortcuts. Um, we all know what this is, right? This is Southern California's little gem, the 91 Freeway. If you've lived in Southern California for any length of time, you've been stuck on this. You actually might be able to find yourself somewhere in this picture, um, depending on the time of day in which you travel to 91. If you're heading out to Orange County or any, any area therein, um, this, is, this is just a reality. This is a part of our, our Southern California commute, how we get to our jobs. It's crazy how backed up this gets. And it seems, I mean, I've, lived in, I've lived in the Inland Empire my whole life, and there's all of these construction jobs that are just con- new construction continually on the 91. And I, I feel like it doesn't get better. I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I know that those guys work hard and they're, they're really trying to make things easier for us. But it, it seems like this is, is what we, we often find. Um, so how about a shortcut for the 91? Do you guys be up for that? Um, Imagine for a second that the 241 toll road or even the express lane was like free and open to all. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's not, though. You have to pay for it. Um, There's good reason. Um, How about this image? How about this shortcut? What if you found this off the 91 freeway? Uh, Some of you who have 4x4 vehicles, this may really appeal to you, and you'd be willing to risk whatever to to find out where this leads. But um, this kind of, and, you know, I I made that sign on my computer, so you can, it's pretty sad, but um, (laughs) that's not a real thing. I just just made that. Um, These kinds of shortcuts, we're, we're probably less apt to jump onto a road like this because we're uncertain of where it leads. You, you see something like this and you're like, uh, that's pretty sketchy. I don't think I trust where that would take me. And, and similarly, there's so many different shortcuts or the quick fixes in life that we see in our culture. I think we are a culture of like the quick fix. You know, we love the things that's going to be like 10 days to lose 10 pounds, you know, or 15 minutes to become a millionaire. It's, it's crazy. This is a real thing. And I'm going to show you. So t- take a look at this first one. This is, this is probably my favorite out of all of them. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if uh, some of your, your parents or grandparents ever walk around the house in Wonder Sauna hot pants, <laughs> but... Um, it's supposed to help you with weight loss. You may look completely ridiculous, um, but it's really meant to help you. Um, this is, is silly. I, it's funny because I saw this and I had never heard of this before. So it just goes to show this is kind of those fads that just, they come and they go. How about this one? A new kind of hat. Worn 10 minutes a day, grows hair in 30 days or no cost. Look at that thing. Um, it would, have, it would be great to have, like, watched the slow development of this product. You know, the guy first in his house just putting, like, a cast iron skillet on his head and walking around. Like, that seems to work. Um, and how about this one again? The 15. 15 minutes, folks. www.millionsovernight.com That's pretty appealing. I'd, I'd be okay with making millions overnight. Um... 
the reality of these things is that we know they don't really work. And they'll end up probably leaving us with less money than when we began. Um, What's funny, and I'll share this with you, is um, I, a a number of years ago, kind of came up with my own um, shortcut to money uh, idea. And so it all began as I was walking through Marshall's one day. Uh, I shop at Marshall's. I'm not ashamed to admit it. They have high-quality clothing for a decent price. Um, they're, the deals sometimes, though, are they look so good that I'm like, I could buy this stuff? And then sell it on eBay. I had developed kind of like an eBay, you know, account. And I was selling and like making a little bit of money. So I was like, this is like a no-brainer. No one's ever thought of this, right? Like <laughs> buying clothes and, and reselling them. Uh, needless to say, uh, that didn't work. And I ended up with, with just a bunch of like backpacks that I didn't need. And uh, just a bunch of different accessories. Had to take things back and ended up losing money. Um, And then how about this last one? Sometimes you just need a quick fix. Three instant relationship fixes. That's not... (laughs) That doesn't work. (laughs) Um, This is not a reality. And I'm I'm unsure how (laughs) Alka-Seltzer plays into this. Um, But we, we we chuckle at these things. Because we realize that these kinds of shortcuts, these kinds of quick fixes, they, they don't work. We realize that life is far more complicated than these kinds of things make it out to be. There's no way that you can just read a book about Alka-Seltzer or whatever it is and learn how to fix your relationships. It's, it's impossible. It takes work. It takes determination and an ability to um, really trust the Lord and move forward with Him where He, where he speaks. Um, second, or thirdly, we realize that our health, our resources, our relationships are far more important than just to try to fix the issues we face with this. We realize that these things, these arenas of life are far more important to God than to just read a book and see how we can fix them instantly or overnight. And though, and though the idea of these kinds of shortcuts we, we tend to be pretty skeptical of, There's some good news, and this is what we're looking at this morning. It's at the top of your listening guide. This is our first point. God provides the only real shortcut in life through teachability. God provides the only shortcut in life through teachability. We know either from personal experience or from others' stories that we've heard that these these fads these quick fixes that we see, they don't work. The people who, who come up with these things are themselves probably trying a, to get a quick fix. And what they're doing is they're capitalizing on our desire to skip the hard stuff. They know that, oh, this is something that people will pay for because this is a felt need in life. People want to be healthy. People want to have hair. Um, people want quality relationships. People need money. People need resources. So they're willing to create these things in hopes that we would, in a, you know, a desire to just grip onto something, um, spend money, throw resources at these quick fixes. But what we find in Scripture, and just as we walk with God through life, is, is God and His Word are trustworthy. 
God and his word are trustworthy sources, and he promises that being teachable will keep us from a lot of the pain, the bumps, and the bruises that we don't otherwise need to actually experience in life if we would choose teachability. So we're going to take a look. Kind of what I'll do today is I'm just going to set the, the table for the next four weeks. Uh, we're going to have these men who are sharing about each of these villains. And basically, they're, again, they're these attitudes and perspectives that really want to block us from growing in teachability. And um, what they'll do is they will actually begin to flesh these things out. And, and our prayer and hope is that as we, as we look at these things, that we're able to identify just the issues and the perspectives that we've begun to ingest or digest ourselves. So how does, how does this begin? How does, where does teach, teachability come from? How do we grow in teachability? Um, how does God teach us? We're going to look at that this morning. First, there's three main channels of learning that God typically uses. The first one, again, this is in your listening guide, is God's word. God uses principles in his word to teach us. Take a look at this verse. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. God uses the precepts and the truths in his word to show us a better way of doing life. And if you have spent time in his word, there's been so many times where I have gotten into God's word for myself. I'll be in a quiet time, and as I'm reading, he gently is guiding my perspective back in line with the truth. The, the issues, these, these lies that I've begun to, to swallow and actually assimilate into my life, he redirects. He begins to show me a, a better way and begin to show me where I've gotten off track in my thinking. Second, God uses the example of wise men and women to teach us. Check out these verses to the Hebrews from Apostle Paul. Hebrews 6.12 says, We don't want you to become lazy, but imitate those through faith and patience. Inherit what has been promised. Paul's saying, Hey, you have some examples among you of faithful men and women who bear up under pressure and actually choose faith and patience as they walk faithfully with God. Follow their example. Watch them. Imitate them. There is, there's life. There's understanding in these things. Um, recently, I have three kids. My oldest is a four-year-old son. His name's Silas. Uh, recently, just in the past few months, I have stepped out on a limb and I've begun to say to my son, Hey, buddy, I want you to follow daddy's example. I want you to watch what I do and learn how to do life God's way. And this is super scary. Super scary. Because I screw up. Sometimes I royally screw up. But the reality is, is these villains that we're going to look at, they are trying to capture our children. These, these perspectives and these attitudes, they're trying to just capture our children's minds, our minds, and really keep us from moving forward. Somebody or some attitude is going to shape the way my son thinks. I'd prefer that be me. Even though often I get it wrong. But I'd prefer that be me. Finally, and this is, this is the one that we dislike, this channel, um, God uses pain. 
to teach us. God uses painful circumstances to teach us. Just as I have, and I'm sure many of you um, have or are even going through right now, you're experiencing pain. You're experiencing difficult circumstances, or you have in the past. Some of them are avoidable, and some of them are unavoidable. But God wants to use these these experiences to train us, to help us see a better way of doing life. So now, now that we've got an idea, these are the three channels that God uses to teach us. What I want to do is just share some of the advantages of actually choosing teachability. And this, again, we'll, we'll develop this over the next four weeks, but we'll unpack this a little bit right now. Take a look at this verse. This is Proverbs 3, 1 through 2. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. So what are some of the advantages that, we've, that we see in this, in this passage? The first is a prolonged life. God promises that as we choose to uh, obey His corrective instruction, we will avoid the things that could potentially cut our life short. Secondly, it promises success. It promises the ability to approach life in a way that brings overall success. Look at this one. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Again, this is a father speaking to his son. He says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to a man's whole body. Again, some of the advantages. Life. Health. There's beginning, we're seeing a pattern here. Check out these verses. Proverbs 6, 20 through 23. Again, the father says to his son, My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will speak to you. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Are we seeing the pattern develop here? Some of the advantages, again, in this this passage is life, guidance, protection, and understanding. The scripture clearly communicates, even in these few short passages, that the advantages of choosing to obey instruction through these three channels brings both length and quality of life. Unlike unlike those, those different shortcuts that we looked at earlier, and that we hear about constantly, these, these ideas of the quick fix, God is, God is not trying to just capitalize on our desire to skip the hard stuff. That's not God's heart. God's heart is that we would choose to obey what his word says. That we would choose to engage with these channels of teaching so that we can grow. There's real growth, there's life, 
There's an understanding, and there's an overall successful approach to life that comes from being teachable. So I'm going to briefly, and I I did this first service, I'm like, I'm flying through this thing. Um, So we'll have the band come up in a little while, and they'll do four or five or six songs to close our time, because I feel like I'm I'm, uh, going a little fast. So slow down a little bit. Um, So these, these won't be up on the PowerPoint. And, I'll, and I'm just going to kind of breeze through these because we're going to unpack these uh, very specifically in the next few weeks. Um, so these villains that we're going to be looking at, again, these attitudes, these perspectives that really have infiltrated our culture is what we're going to be looking at. And they are in movies. They're in television. They're in the music that we listen to. They're in political conversation. They're everywhere in our culture. I want you to take a look at these lyrics from a popular song. And this is just one small example of this attitude. And, and I'm, I'm going to try my best not to get into like, the flow of this. Uh, I kind of did. It's just got, you know, it's, it, and the thing about these songs and these attitudes is they know how to catch you. They know how to catch you to where you're like, I'm singing this like, that's totally untrue. Like, I'm singing a complete like, fallacy right now. Um, Okay, so take a look at these. And we can't stop. And we won't stop. Can't you see it's we who own the night? Can't you see it's we who bout that life? And we can't stop. And we won't stop. This is my favorite part. This is like, like creative genius in this writing. We run things. Things don't run we. Don't take nothing from nobody. We can do what we want. We can do what we want. As you, as you just kind of read through these lyrics, you probably have heard this song before and you're like... <laughs> as you read through the lyrics, you realize like, wow, what am I singing? What are people hearing? What are the attitudes that are beginning to flood the hearts and minds of people who are listening to this music? And again, this is like a minute example of this pervasive tool of our enemy to infiltrate our culture and get us off track. Imagine trying to teach students who hold that perspective. Some of you actually might be doing that. That might be your job. And God bless you for that. That's, it's, it's hard. When you have students who are just like, we run things, things don't run we. <laughs> like, I don't need to take anything from anybody. Like... How does that, what's the, what's the overall temperature of a classroom when that, when that attitude is, you know, held by more, even more than one student? Imagine trying to lead a work or a sports team where individuals keep that perspective. You wouldn't be able to get anything of value accomplished. How about this? How about one day your spouse or your best friend, your closest friend, closest family member, has their mind hijacked by this perspective. Where does that lead? It's disastrous. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not just kind of a fun lyric that we see in these songs. This, this is a pervasive tool. So over the course of the next four weeks, we're going to be using things similar to this, Um, stories out of scripture, testimonies from these men's lives of how they've wrestled through these areas of teachability to unpack these villains 
these attitudes and perspectives that really block us from growing with the Lord. The first one is individualism. And you can write this down if you'd like to just begin to look at these over the course of the next week. Individualism. And what we've done is we've attached a statement to each of these just so they can kind of sink in a little bit more. Because you can say, oh, gosh, I think, I've, I think I've said that. Individualism is the, I got this, attitude. Individualism says, I don't need input from anybody. I got this. And it's funny, over the course of the week, as I was just doing normal life, I think my son said this like ten times. And I realized that he, you know, being four years old, is trying to prove that he does got this. I'm like, buddy, can I help you put your shirt on straight? And he's like, I got this, Dad. I got this. And he, I'm sure he's heard me say that at times, too. You know? So it's just, it, it helps me think on a different level. Uh, the following week, we're going to be looking at relativism. This is, this is another pervasive tool of the enemy in our culture. Relativism says, that might be true for you, but it's not true for me. My circumstances are unique, and, and me and God have this understanding that I really don't have to do or, or say or, or be that way, as, as Scripture would, would communicate. It's the, I'll do me and, and you do you. I'm glad that works for you. That's good. Good for you. The following week, we're going to look at the, the area of deception. And this is the attitude, the perspective, where in our own thoughts, we hear, it's not that bad. The issue that you're dealing with, this area, this pattern of sin, it's not that bad. You don't need input. Just keep putting on the smile. Keep doing what a good Christian does. Even get some input. But you've already decided what you're going to do in your heart. Deception gets us to think that these major areas of life that we struggle in aren't that, aren't that big. So we're going to be unpacking these things. And then in the final week, we're going to be looking at uh, pride. And pride is at the root of all of these perspectives and attitudes. Pride is the, is the perspective and attitude that says, I know better. I don't, I don't need your input. I, 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 I figured out life. I understand how this thing works, and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty successful at it. I don't, I, don't, I don't need your help. I know better. This is in your listening guide. Many, many are unwilling to learn and instead stiffen their necks in life. Many are unwilling to learn and end up stiffening their necks in life. Imagine a horse. Imagine riding a horse where you're trying to get it to go one direction and it's stiffening its neck and pulling you opposite directions. Take a look at this image. That's not going to end well, I don't think. Like the horse who is pulling the reins against the rider, this is the unteachable person. And Scripture is very clear about this idea. Take a look at this verse from Proverbs 29.1. A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. 
That's a pretty stern warning against unteachability. Against setting our necks, setting ourselves up in pride against these channels in which God wants to use to humble us and help us continue to grow and understand how to do life His way. He wants us to avoid the brokenness and the destruction that comes from unteachability. So for the next four weeks, God is really going to challenge us to become more teachable. And 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 my prayer really is that as we address these different villains, that I'm sure all of us are dealing with these things to a certain degree. My prayer is that you would be able to identify your natural bent towards one of these villains. And that God would give you the tools that you need to move forward with him. We're going to be looking into scripture. We're going to be looking into stories of scripture of men uh, and women who chose to go their own way and they experienced real consequences. The Bible has a lot to say about this area. In closing, and again, I I feel like I have just flown through this message. Um, I wanted to give you all some next steps to think about. So there's three next steps. They're on your listening guide and they're going to be up here as well. Maybe for this next, uh, in, pre- in preparation for the series into the next week, identify an area or situation where I've become unteachable. Maybe there's a specific relationship, there's a specific dynamic at work or in the home where you can identify, I've, I've been unteachable. I've said, I got this. Or, hey, that's good for you, but that doesn't work for me. Secondly, ask God, to help me address what he's brought to mind. Again, we're hoping to provide you with some real tools to move forward with him aggressively in this way. But that's something you can be thinking about in the week to come. And then finally, make a commitment to attend the rest of the series. Uh, I, I truly believe that I'm going to be challenged in this area of teachability, growing in humility, uh, and so I hope that you guys are as well. Really hope this was helpful for you, and I hope this kind of sets the table for the men who are going to be speaking in the coming weeks. Um, So let's go ahead and pray, and I'm going to close, and the worship team is going to lead us in another song. Let's pray together. Father, we we just, we thank you so much for the way that you, you teach us. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the way it cuts through the issues of life. That, as your scripture says, it separates the joints It separates the bone from the marrow. It has the ability to cut down to the absolute minute detail in our lives. Would you help us to get a grip on it even this week, God? Would we find ourselves drawn to your word and choosing to take it in, to mull over it, and really move forward in the areas that you show us that we need to move forward in? We just, we pray, God, that as we enter a new week, that you'd help us identify some areas where we've become unteachable, And would we confess those things and move forward with you? We do not want to be like the man who is stiff-necked. Would you help us to choose humility? And would you help us to just engage with you, God? You provide help in the moment, not just on Sunday morning and then we're kind of on our own for the rest of the week. You provide help in the moment. And so I pray, God, that as we uh, identify these things, that we would really be able to engage with you and get the help we need to move forward. I thank you for the opportunity to speak, God. I pray for our pastor, Josh. I pray that he is refreshed over the next month. I pray that his family um, enjoys and they're able to get just sweet, sweet time together. And I pray that you'd really give him wisdom and an understanding as he approaches um, the organization of our church and kind of the big picture. Would you give him boldness? Would you give him courage as he leads us?
We thank you for the opportunity to just worship you today and hear from your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.